Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. First of all, we did some talking about the purpose of the Spirit of God within our lives. And we said that the purpose of the Holy Ghost, baptism, is not to give us goosebumps. I'm sorry, but that's just not the purpose. You may have them, and that's okay. But there's a whole lot more to it than that. We believe that when God baptizes one in the Holy Ghost, He imparts to that person's spirit of power that transcends all of the powers. Do you believe that tonight? Did you get a hold of that tonight? Say it with me. I am here to study God's Word and to learn line upon line Precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and I'll not be cheated. I give myself to the study of God's Word. I will be transformed in, the, in my mind by the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. See, you've got to get a hold of the Word of God. You've got to speak your faith. You've got to believe to receive, beloved. And if we don't do that, we'll be distracted by every little thing that's around us and we won't get a hold of the truth. The enemy wants that to happen. Be distracted. You know, he wants us to be distracted so that we can't get truth or revelation knowledge. But, beloved, if you set your heart to receive and your mind to receive from the Word of God, I guarantee you, you'll not be disappointed. You're going to get a hold of some revelation, some truth that's going to absolutely set you free. It's going to bless you spiritually, enable you maybe down the road somewhere to have victory in your life. So get a hold of what's being said here tonight, and I believe that you will be blessed by the power of God. When God baptizes one in the Holy Ghost, He imparts to that person's life power that transcends all other powers. When God baptizes one in the Holy Ghost, He gives that person power over all the power of the enemy. And no matter what power comes against us in life, there is a power resident inside the believer that can be generated and activated to destroy or dispel all the powers of darkness and the strategies of the enemy aimed against us. And so, beloved, we need to look to what God did inside of us so that we can rise up victorious in all the areas of life that we you know, face and are attacked. Well, this evening I'd like to continue talking about the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues and what I would like to do is talk about the purpose of tongues. See, we talked about the purpose of the Spirit, but also we want to talk about the purpose of tongues. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 2 will be our, our first text. But first of all, let me just think the fact that Brother Howard Carter was General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God in Great Britain for 19 years. He is also the founder of the oldest Pentecostal Bible school in the world. And he said that speaking with other tongues is not only the initial evidence that one has been filled with the Holy Ghost or the evidence of the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God, but it's also a continual experience that should be manifested throughout the rest of the believer's life. And I believe the reason why he had to make that particular statement was because those people back then are no different than we are today. Many think that once I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and I spoke with other tongues, that was it. The speaking with other tongues was to give evidence of the fact that I was filled with the Holy Ghost and that was the end of it all. And there have been many who were baptized and spoke with other tongues one time and that was the end of it. That was the end of their experience. They didn't understand the purpose of tongues. They weren't taught or schooled in the Word of God to understand the purpose of tongues and therefore just said, well, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I spoke with other tongues. Thank God for the experience and just went on with their lives without continuing the practice, without developing fluency when it comes to praying in the Spirit or speaking with other tongues. Well, beloved, I believe just as our brother did way back when, that it's not only to give evidence to the fact that we have received the Holy Ghost and have been filled with the Spirit, but it's also to be a continual manifestation in the believer's life for the rest of his Christian experience. 
It has tremendous purpose. And I believe that's been clouded today in many circles. And so what we want to do is talk a little bit more here tonight about the purpose of tongues in the life of the believer. Now, first of all, let me state what tongues is not for before talking about what the purpose of tongues is. How many of you know that tongues was not purposed to cause division among believers? There are those that are staunch against it. They'll say, no, I don't believe in the experience. It's not from God. It's not for today. It's of the devil and all that. And they'll fight you tooth and nail. They'll stand against you and your experience as hard as they possibly can. And in actuality, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. I mean, they think they're doing God a service. They think they're doing you a service because they're trying to warn you of something that is of the devil. Well, I've told you times past, I used to, before I ever came to Jesus Christ, I used to play my guitar in bands and clubs and at weddings and dances and all these different places. I mean, wild places, crazy places, beer bottles flying, you know, across your head and you've got to duck and go on with the cord, you know, and just things like, I mean, I've been in some wild places with that instrument. And uh, in all my experiences, not being a child of God, you know, not knowing Jesus as Savior, I never once spoke in tongues in any of those places. I mean, that beer ball didn't go by my head and I start speaking out in, in other tongues. Or that time I told you when they wanted to fight us, just, just, just wanted to just attack us and fight us because they wanted us to play an extra hour. But the management said, you're going home. How many of you know you listen to the management when they say you're going home? Although the crowd wants you to play another hour. So they wanted to attack us and we got them to fight each other and we snuck out the back door. That's wisdom. But we set, we took apart that band, the, the group, all the instruments, all the articles of instrument. We took it apart faster than you can blink an eye. But not one of us spoke in tongues while doing it. Not one time. And we're all sinners in the world. The devil was still around us. But, you know, I never spoke in tongues. But then I met Jesus. And then I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I spoke with other tongues. Now everybody starts telling me it's of the devil. I said, I served the devil for 24 years. He never gave it to me then. I came to Jesus and I got it. Now, I'm, now the devil gave it to me. It just didn't make any sense. Can you see that? It didn't make any sense to me. I couldn't understand the, the reasoning behind their belief. But then again, I found out, you know, just as the devil does, he tries to inject his own doctrines into the minds of men. And if they'll listen to him, he'll tell them all kinds of crazy things. Like tongues, you know, is of the devil. And it's really not. I mean, there can be a counterfeit manifestation, but when you come to Jesus, we have confidence in the Word of God that says this in Luke's Gospel. That if you ask me for the Holy Ghost, I will not give you a serpent or a scorpion. And that means I won't give you a demon spirit. If a child of God genuinely asks for the Holy Ghost, we are told, just as a natural father will give bread to his son, so the father will give the Holy Ghost to the child who asks. And along with that comes the evidence of speaking with other tongues. So, it's not purpose to cause division among the people of God, although there is division over the, over the subject. But it's not purpose to do that. That's not why, you know, we've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Also, it's not purpose to identify one group as being more spiritual than the other. Well, we've got the Holy Ghost, and we talk in tongues. You're inferior Christians. Well, that's not true. To be frank about it, I know that, that there are those Christians that are out there that have more character of God than those that are filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Beloved, we're not competing with each other. There's no competition. It's just that there's more to have. Get a hold of it. I like to see this happen. Those that have the character of God and the holiness of God manifested in their lives, I like to see them get filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Whoo! Can you imagine that? And then those that are filled with the Holy Ghost and, and, and fire and have no convictions whatsoever, I'd like to see them get a dose of God's holiness and character. You put the two together, you've got yourself a supernatural work and people that are really on fire for God that are going to do a great work and mighty work for Him on the earth. It's the natural and the supernatural coming together to make a tremendous force for God upon the earth. And so let's never forget that. And so the Holy Ghost and tongues, tongues... 
as far as we should be concerned, is not purposed for us to have division among people in the body of Christ. It's not purposed for someone to think that I'm superior Christian, you know, and walk around with their nose up in the air, you know, because I'm superior. I've got the Holy Ghost. You're never going to get somebody to be jealous over what you have doing that. But I'll tell you what, if they can see an example in you and understand that what you have is truly from God. As a matter of fact, just to demonstrate that, I recall when I first got saved and spirit-filled and spoke with other tongues and then uh, got a hold of somebody who I used to go to school with who I knew was of a particular denominational background. Actually, I didn't know when I got a hold of him. I knew he was born again because, you know, people talk and they, they said that he was. And so when I called him up on the phone as I was divinely led by the Spirit of God and, and found out that he was a Christian brother of a particular denominational background, I recognized immediately that he wasn't going to accept my testimony because they didn't believe in the Holy Ghost with tongues and they were set against it. So I told him, you know, of my background and told him how I believe. I'm not going to hold back my testimony because someone else doesn't believe it. Because I believe mine to be genuine. And I shared it. And of course, he wouldn't accept it up here in his head. Why? Because he was taught against it all of his life. But you know what? Over the next few days, we had personal contact. And my wife and I demonstrated such love in those people's lives. That although their heads were dead set against the fact that anybody who speaks with tongues can have an experience from God. The love that was demonstrated made them say, we really know that you're born again. We know that you're a child of God. See, tongues wasn't given to let people know we're children of God. The Bible says they'll know it by your love. And when you start walking around, like I said, with your spiritual nose up in the air because you've got something, that's not the way to go about giving it to somebody else. As a matter of fact, never make it an issue. Just thank God for what you have and go with it. And, you know, he, he, I don't know if he ever came into it, but one thing he didn't know, that his head was telling him one thing because it was thought that way, but his heart was saying, this is genuine. See, I don't understand it up here, but his heart was saying, these people are genuine. Now, I can take that same thing and just uh, illustrate it with another individual person who was taught the same background, taught the same way. And you would think that this person being set against it, as a matter of fact, her father was a minister in that particular denomination. And you know what? taught against it all of his life in ministry. And so ever since this one was a little girl, was just taught against it all of her life. And so we sat down. Now, you may have to imagine this. Around 20 years old, you have to imagine this. We sat down together and I said, just give me one opportunity to show you in the Word of God that this experience is for every child of God today. She said, okay, I believe the Word of God. And I says, well, if you believe the Word of God and I can show you in the Word of God that it's for you today, would you believe that? Oh, yeah, if you can show it to me in the Bible. But I have to warn you, you know, my, my daddy's preached against it all of his, his life and ministry, and I was taught against it, and, you know, this tongues business and all that. And would you know, I showed her every scripture in the Bible. See, she never really sat down and listened to what the Bible said, just what someone preached. Beloved, I want to say that again. Don't just listen to what someone preaches. Get a hold of the Bible. Find out what's in there for yourself. See? And then when you do that, you'll, you'll, you'll always go right. You'll always have the right direction to your spirit. Believe me, that's the way it works. And so I took her through the scripture verse by verse to show her what the scriptures teach on the subject. You know what she said first time? First, first time. All these years, dead set against it. She said, I see it's in there and it's for everybody. I didn't even know those scriptures were in the Bible. See, there's a veil over people's eyes when they're taught wrong. Did you know that? The enemy will use that to keep that person darkened in their thinking and they won't be able to see their way clear through to understand but the veil was removed when the word, the pure, unadulterated word went forth and she heard it. Second experience with her, she came back and went, came to the service. She said, I'm now ready to receive. It's also for me. Now, all these years, you, I, I have to understand this. All these years, taught dead set against it. All of a sudden, got a hold of the truth to show you how effective and powerful the word of God is. It's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I said, sister, let's do it. Let's pray. Laid hands on her. I'll tell you what. Would to God everybody would receive like this. Laid hands on her said, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now imagine her background. Imagine all the, the religious tradition that she had to struggle through. 
But yet she was so sincere in her heart toward God, she set all that aside. And I laid hands on her and said, receive the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. She spoke fluently like that immediately. I don't just mean a few words or a few sounds or a few syllables. She spoke in a fluent language in tongues and just kept right on speaking for a long period of time. And it was a beautiful demonstration of the power and authority that's in the Word of God in a person's life. Took a hold of that religious tradition and just blew it out of her life. She got a hold of it. Now you say, what about someone else who tried the same thing but didn't get it? See, there's a blockage up there. It's not, it's not that God can't do it for someone. Sometimes it takes longer to deal with people because it depends on where they're at and just, just how much they've been affected in their thinking. I've seen people come out of denominational backgrounds and get a hold of things immediately. I've seen the same ones stay in that same denominational background and struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle with the things of the Spirit of God. See, it depends on the individual and and their yieldedness to the things of God. Well, so we see here that the purpose of tongues is not to cause division among the people of God. It's not to make one to, to be inferior or superior, rather, to someone else or make us think that someone else is inferior. No. It's, first of all, to give evidence to the fact that one was spirit-filled. So we know that we've been spirit-filled because we've spoken with other tongues. Now, I know someone will say, but, but it's the Word that really is the evidence because, you know, the Word of God says, if I ask, I receive. And I understand that that's true. But you know what? Didn't James say that faith without works is dead being alone? If you say you're a child of God and have not love, I have to question your experience. Because if there's no love in your heart, the Bible says you can't be child of the Most High God. Love is the evidence that one's been born again. There's a new kind of love on the inside. Well, when one is spirit-filled then, or if one, let's say, first of all, has faith in Jesus, didn't James say there'll be works to go along with your faith? He didn't say you're saved by faith. He said there'll be works that go along with your faith. In other words, I've been born again. I have a brand new life. I'm going to live a brand new lifestyle. There are works that go along with your faith. That give testimony to the fact that you have met Jesus in your life. Well, when it comes to receiving the Holy Ghost like they did on the day of Pentecost, how can anyone be satisfied with anything less than what God demonstrated to be the evidence that one has been spirit-filled? As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 10... You'll find out that Peter at Cornelius' house said, look, they received the Holy Ghost like we did at the beginning. Well, how did they receive it? They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So that was the evidence. So if there's faith to believe something, I believe in evidence, don't you? That the evidence will be manifested. It's one thing to believe in healing for all your life and never get healed. You want the evidence. You want it manifested in your life. Amen? It's true whether or not you ever... Receive it, but, but still we want to have the evidence, the proof of it all. And so, first of all, yes, speaking with other tongues does prove or give evidence to the fact that one has been spirit-filled. But that's not all. When one thinks that, then they say, I'm spirit-filled now. And then they just shut off the tongues and that's it and just go on with their Christian experience. Well, you know why it's not too dignified to walk around talking in a language that you don't understand. But who's talking about Dignity. We're talking about experiencing reality with God and doing what He would have us to do. And in actuality, the devil would want us to think along those lines. That, well, you've spoken tongues now. You've got the Holy Ghost, so forget about it and just go on. No. Oh, beloved, we are guilty of not studying the Scriptures to find out truth. And if we would do that, we'd be able to help ourselves and other people experience the richer blessings of God in their their lives and our lives. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. We finally got there. And we want to talk about the purpose of tongues. And I want to state this. There's two sides to this particular manifestation of the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. Number one, the private side. Number two, the public side. Let's not confuse the public with the private and vice versa. Listen carefully. More than anything else, tongues will be used in private, the private personal life. The emphasis is on the individual's private personal life. But I see where the emphasis has been placed on the public ministry of tongues.
the public use of tongues. And for that reason, tongues are neglected or ignored in the life of a person on a day-by-day basis when, they sh- when it shouldn't be. And that goes back to teaching once again. See, we get together. I'll tell you exactly how it goes. Start a service up. Everybody's excited. Everybody's seated. They're situated and all that. They've got their belongings by their side. You know, the praises, musicians, musicians, they begin to start playing and worshiping God and glorifying God, magnifying God. We get ourselves worked up, so to speak, for a while there. And we, we believe we're penetrating the heavens. We believe our, our worship and praise is ascending to the throne of God. And praise God, you can just, just sense your spirit being lifted. And then boom, someone gives a message in tongues. Because that's the purpose of it. That's when you do it. And in most cases, that's how it goes. Because that's how it's supposed to be. And that's wonderful if that happens. I mean, that, you know, that's the public side of it. But you see, beloved, the public side of it is not really the side that's emphasized in the Bible. It has its place, and we have to understand its place. But primarily, the use of tongues is in a person's private devotional prayer life. And I'll show it to you. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 2. The primary purpose of tongues. Firstly, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, or a tongue, speaks not to men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries, or divine secrets. Notice this. He didn't say he's praying. Very often we think every time we use tongues, we are praying. Well, if you want to be technical and say that all speaking to God is prayer, okay. But in actuality, we can speak as well as pray in tongues. We can sing and worship as well as pray in tongues. Here it is saying that the primary purpose of tongues is what? To speak to God in a supernatural language. To speak divine secrets between the individual and the Father. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, or in tongue, speaks not unto men, but unto God. And you'll recall on the day of Pentecost, they were speaking in tongues, but they were speaking to God of His wonderful works. And in tongues, as they were speaking, others heard them in their languages speaking to God. And so we see here then that tongues is purposed to give us a divine means of communication with God. So we can commune with Him in a heavenly language. Now, I want to emphasize that. Speaking is different than praying. You start talking to Him. And remember, every manifestation of the Spirit has to be manifested through faith. By faith, have you ever talked to God, first of all, in English? Father God, I just want you to know today, right now, you are so good. And I praise you with my voice. Now, you weren't particularly petitioning him, praying as such, asking him, supplicating. You were talking to him. Father, what what do you think I should do about this particular situation? Just like you talk to somebody else. I, I just want to ask you a question. What do you think I should do here in this particular situation? You just talk to him. You weren't in a, set, in a setting of a church. Praisers weren't praising. Musicians weren't musicianing. <laughs> playing. You know, and then all of a sudden there came that tongue. No, no. I'm not talking about that tongue. I'm talking about... Do you ever take a step in faith and start saying, I'm going to start talking to God right now. And then go off in an unknown tongue. Of course, unknown is italicized. It was added. It just means a tongue. Because obviously it's known to God. Something that we don't know what we're saying. We say, well, I, don't, I won't understand how that would even work. Why would I talk to somebody in a language I can't understand? Did you hear what I said just before I made that statement? I said it's by faith. 
See, the problem is, God is a God of faith. And by faith, we've got to start talking. Not in an emotional frenzy. 5,700 miles an hour. But we've got to get ourselves trained in the things of the Spirit. Just start talking. You can start by saying, Father, I really got a situation here. And you know it's difficult. I know it's difficult. You know my human frailties. Actually, I've talked to others about this particular situation, and they've tried to offer me information and, and direction. But, you know, I, I still in my spirit, I'm not convinced that that's what I should be doing. So, I'd like to talk to you about it for a while. Is that okay? Now, I've read in 1 Corinthians 14, too, He that speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. And maybe the terms that I'm using right now are not adequate. I don't know. But I want to take about ten minutes just to, to, to really state my case here. And then start talking in other tongues. Now, you, you think about that. Does the average Christian do that who is spirit-filled? No, no, it's waiting to come to church. And as soon as the music stops, boom, give that message out there. Now, that's proper. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's improper. That is a proper use of tongues in a public setting. But that's not the emphasis. I'll show you in the Scriptures that that is not the emphasis. Talk to God. You think those men on the day of Pentecost was concerned about what everybody else was doing? They were talking to God. Now, I don't know what we see here, the languages that were being used. But in those languages, they were speaking about the wonderful works of God, talking to Him. And so, you see, the purpose of tongues, then, is to enable us to talk to God or to commune with Him supernaturally. And when I say you use faith, it means that you believe that what you are saying, God is understanding. And that while you are let's say, communicating effectively to him in this language, there is anticipation on your part that God is intelligent enough to communicate back to us. It's causing an activity to take place inside you that opens you up to interaction with God. And it's not called, like I said, giving a message publicly. It is putting yourself in a place spiritually where you can hear from God. You can communicate more effectively with God. A supernatural language. And like I said, for the most part, many will just get caught up in a frenzy when it comes to it. And just, they just rattle off in tongues as quick as they can and never develop, if I could say it this way, the art of effectively communicating with God in tongues. So, number one, what is the primary purpose of tongues? To enable the individual to, to, to communicate or to commune with God supernaturally through divine means. Speaking divine secrets. Now, that's something that's, that strikes uh, our thinking, doesn't it? Divine secrets. God and I have some secrets. We've been talking about them. Oh, say, oh, come on, you don't even know what you said. I, do you understand that God gives us His Word to straighten out our thinking? That God gives us His Word so, so that we can say, By faith I believe. That although I can't understand what I'm saying, I am saying divine secrets. Then one day that secret's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. I'm telling you... It's going to come up out of you and it's going to be revealed to you because you took time to talk to God about the situation. You know what happens? Something rises up from within and says, this is what you ought to do in that situation. And you go, whew. What? Who said that? And you know it was God. Talking. Just like you're talking to your neighbor. Talking. To God, communing with God in tongues. Number two, 
Secondly, to assist the believer in the worship of God. To assist the believer. Tongues were given to assist the believer in the worship of God. Again, I refer to Acts 2.11. And what they were doing was magnifying God in tongues. They were worshiping God. God wants to be worshipped on a higher plane and level, beloved. You say, but you don't understand, brother. I say, hallelujah, every morning. Try Bobrasesta. Say, but I don't understand that. I know. But it's higher than hallelujah. Say, how can that be? Don't try to figure it out. The Bible says, look at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 46. Here at Cornelius' house, once again, Peter shared the gospel. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 44. Let's start from there and read right on through verse 46. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and what? And magnify God. Speak, praying, speaking out, worshiping in tongues magnifies God. It's on a higher plane. And what I mean is this. The Bible says that when I sing with my spirit in tongues, my spirit sings. We can sing with our intellect. We can talk with our intellect. We can think with our intellect, speak and all that intellectually. But we're limited to our own understanding. That's why someone says, oh, for a thousand tongues to praise you with. Well, God gives them one. They start running 100 miles. Not that one. (laughs) I don't believe in that one. (laughs) You ask for a thousand, he gives you one and you run scared. Come on. (laughs) We're talking about tongues as being in the believer's life. A way of communicating with Him and also a more effective way of worshiping Him. Why? Because it's all spirit, no soul. Do you see that? All spirit, no soul. I can say, Father, I love you. And I love dogs too. What have I done? Oh, I love you, Father. I love potato chips, too. I use that same word, love. I'm limited to my own understanding. What word can I... I know, I magnify you. I exalt you. And all that's wonderful. But we're limited in those words. Oh, but when... You see, that's coming out of here. When the heart of the man... By the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the man releases worship, words in other tongues. The spirit is active. It's a higher plane, beloved. You see, it takes faith to do that. I believe when I say hallelujah, glory to God, I know what I said. But how do I know what I said when I say it in tongues? You're supposed to believe that when you said it in tongues, you did better than you did in your own language. Because the Word of God teaches us that. See, I want us to get hold of this. I believe this is why so many fail to, to even look into the ministry of the Spirit in tongues. Because they're running scared. They're not understanding that it's, it does more than work you up to an emotional frenzy. And then that's the end of it all. I don't want to be around those people. You ever see what they do? Get off in all this gibberish, do all kinds of crazy things, and go through all these, you know, gyrations and motions and all that. And that's supposed to be spiritual. No. You don't have to go through all kinds of gyrations and motions to be spiritual, beloved. You can start talking in tongues right now, very quietly, and your spirit be activated. 
And there'll be power manifested. So secondly, it's to assist the believer in worship. You will notice that this is the only manifestation of the Spirit, including in those nine gifts. It's the only one that is used to glorify God. Do you ever notice that? See, in tongues, we glorify God. But if you lay hands on somebody through a gift of the Spirit to get them healed, delivered, or set free, that's helping that person. Now, the work glorifies God, but I'm talking about this assisted believer in directly worshiping God. So this is one manifestation of the Spirit that enables us to better worship our God and our Father. And so this assists us in doing that. Okay? I want to add something to that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in verse 1 because this, this is essential. We now know that we can talk to God in tongues. We know also we can worship better in tongues. So God has given us a language of the Spirit that we can talk to Him with and also worship Him with. But now notice this. If we truly want more manifestations of the Spirit within our lives. And, and that includes all those other gifts where it's public use of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and, and prophecy, and the other six gifts of the Spirit. If we want those gifts in operation within our lives and ministries, then what we need to do is go in to those gifts through the proper channel. How can we expect to have more manifestations of the Spirit if we don't go in through the spiritual door that God has given us? In 1 Corinthians 14.1, we are told, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. In other words, walk in love. Let love be the motivation of your heart. And desire manifestations of the Spirit. Well, how do I desire manifestations of the Spirit? I say, Father, I desire manifestations of the Spirit. And that's okay. But let's be, if we can be a little bit logical here. Can we do that? If tongues is a manifestation of the Spirit, wouldn't you say the more we use tongues, the more we pray in tongues, and follow the practice of tongues, wouldn't you say the more it opens up the door to the spiritual or supernatural realm to us? And you know what? That's an absolute fact. The more you pray in tongues... And I'm not talking about this, this hard type of praying that you get exhausted over in five minutes. I'm not talking about that. I think, I think we're probably more effective after the frenzy's over. We come back on down to earth and just start very quietly in tongues and letting it go. Softly, maybe quietly, whatever, in tongues. God doesn't change. I mean, his, his hearing's okay. But what I'm saying is, is, if we don't use that avenue of tongues to talk to God and to worship God with, then why are we wanting more manifestations of the Spirit? We desire them by talking more in tongues. Father, I desire more manifestations of the Spirit. He says, Son, use the one I gave you. And the more you use it, the more you'll have the other. Can you see what I'm talking about? The more you use the one I gave you, the more you're going to have. And the more understanding you have of the one I gave you, the initial one, you know, the one that you have access to every single day of your life. And I'm talking about the other nine. You say, what's the difference between this other tongues over here, the, one of the nine gifts? That's for public use. And not everybody has that tongue or speaks in, in, in that aspect of it. That's a public use, a public ministry, but everybody has it privately, devotionally. And so the more you use that, the more it opens up the door to the rest of the manifestations of the Spirit. It's like putting yourself in a place or in an environment where God's Spirit will manifest Himself in a greater dimension or a greater way. Why? Because you're going in through the channel. And the channel is tongues. And you, you'll prove this out to be true in your own life. The more you talk to God in tongues and the more you worship God in tongues, the more you're going to have manifestations of the Spirit within your lives. Other gifts. Okay. Now let's move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. Now notice, all of what we're talking about so far is personal. It's private. It's devotional. It's not talking about public use of tongues so far here. We're talking about communing with God. You can do that publicly, but still, it's a personal thing. You are talking to God personally. For yourself. By yourself. For yourself. 
And you may talk about other things for other people, but still you are just talking to God. You're carrying on a conversation with God in tongues. Secondly, you are worshiping God. Now, you can do that publicly, which we do, which is why it's okay to do that collectively. But we're not together every day collectively. So obviously you can do it personally in your own devotional life every single day. Pray and worship or worship God in tongues. And you do a better job of it than doing it even in your own language, English. That's personal. Now, thirdly, we see right here, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, now notice, edifies the church. Oh. Edifies himself. I don't understand why. I've just seen, I've lost it all. I'm so weak spiritually. Do something, brother. Wait a minute. Hold on here. That's just like us. I said, that's just like us. God says, pump this iron, you'll build muscles. You say, I don't understand. I'm just so weak. Don't have any muscles. None. Do, do something, Mr. Weeder. Joe Weeder. You know, Mr. Hercules. Help me out here. Pump the iron. You'll get stronger. But you understand, I've longed for this. I've hungered for this strength in my life. I've begged. I've pleaded. I've talked to the strongest men on the face of the earth and yet no muscle. No muscle. Son, pick up the barbells. Lift the weights. I want to be built up. Spiritually, I want charged up supernaturally. Oh, Lord, I've done everything I could think of. I've seen every spiritual person I know of. I've had them lay their hands on me. I heard them on the radio. I've watched them on the TV. I've gone to every meeting I could imagine. And yet I have no strength. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue builds himself up. That's not talking about a public meeting. That's talking about us with this thing called our brains. Looking to what God's Word says and says, saying, I may not understand it, but it says right here, if I pray in tongues, or if I speak in tongues, it says, I will build myself up. So you know what, Lord? I want built up right now. So what I'm going to do is some spiritual exercise. Now, is this public or private? Can you see where Paul is emphasizing the private use of tongues? Can you see that? Let's not major in public, beloved. Let's major in private. And I believe then you'll be more effective in public when you major in private. And it says right here, it's purposed to build up. Now, the word edify means to charge up like a battery. My battery is so low. Oh, I've taken it down to, to, to you know, Goodyear. It is so low. I, it needs charged up, Mr. Goodwrench. You know, it need, you understand. It needs charged up. Settle down. Settle down. We'll take care of it. We'll hook that thing up. We'll get power back into it. It needs charged up. Brother, you understand, I need charged up. Wait a minute. God told us how to get charged up spiritually. But I've gone to 75 meetings this week. That's the whole thing. That's the point. We're always going to get and never get it because we don't do. Take the time to do what the good book says. You'll get the results thereof. You want charged up? Talk in tongues. Oh, I never really thought that could happen. But it says it right here. See, you're edifying yourself. You're building yourself up, the Bible says. You're charging yourself up like a battery. But not emotionally, not physically, or mentally, I should say, or intellectually. But you're doing it spiritually, which will affect your emotions and your physical body. But the idea is this. Did you know that tongues was purposed to edify, to charge us up like a battery? 
to build us up on the inside. Our spirit man is charged. It generates miracle working power within the life of the child of God. And that's what it's purpose to do. Now look at Jude 20 and we'll see our next one. Jude verse 20. There's only one chapter. Jude and verse 20. Tongues also is purposed to stimulate our faith. I know I have faith, brother. Yes, but is it stimulated? What does that mean? It means to excite it to activity. It's okay to be excited. It's okay to excite our faith to activity. Isn't it? It excites our faith to growth. But you don't understand. I've gone everywhere. All the meetings. I've sat under the finest of faith teachers. And yet when I go back home, it's as if I have none. Well, beloved, we've got to start believing that God has, has, has given us a means whereby our faith can be stimulated. Excited to activity or to growth or to greater activity if we're not satisfied. And it means to make it alive, to animate our faith. We have faith, beloved. But you see, we should walk around like this. Sometimes we should just get a hold of the Word of God like this and say, Oh, God, my Father, you said in your Word in Jude, verse 20, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. There you are. You're in that room somewhere. Maybe you snuck out of your office. You were working or maybe you had a 15 minute break and you, you went somewhere where no one was uh, there and, and you thought nobody heard you or, or was listening to you or whatever. And you took the scripture that said, that's what you said in Jude 20, Lord. And, and I know I can stimulate my faith if I speak in tongues or pray in the Holy Ghost. And so I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost right now to stimulate my faith. That's what I'm going to do. Speaking to yourselves. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden when you're done, someone taps on his shoulder and says, uh, what were you doing? That was the weirdest thing I've ever saw you do. Uh, you walked out of your office, you went over there. Now, I, I just happened to walk by it and you were, you, you were doing this weird thing. Just tell them. I was building up my faith. Myself on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I was stimulating my faith. And you know why you know that? Because you went in there to do that. You know, I believe we've got to be definite and sincere when it comes to the things of God. And just say, Father, you said that right there in Jude 20, right there. You see, we, we, we're not serious enough with God. We're not serious enough with His Word. Oh, I tried that and it didn't work. Oh, that's faith. Well, that's really faith. Oh, I accepted Jesus. He didn't come in. Oh, that's faith. In other words, you use faith the same way. I'm praying in the Spirit right now, in the Holy Ghost, to, to, to stimulate my faith life. And beloved, how else can it be stimulated? And once again, is this not referring to the private use of tongues in the believer's life? It most definitely is. What I, are you getting this? The emphasis is not on public use. There is a place for this gift in public use. This other aspect of tongues, which is different from the evidence of tongues. The gift of tongues is different than the evidence of tongues. And let's make that clear. And it has its proper use. That is the public side. But the emphasis is on the private side. And its purpose to help us or give us a means whereby we can also stimulate or activate or animate our faith lives. So we see here that our faith can be stimulated by praying in the Holy Ghost. But how often do we do that? I mean specifically just to stimulate our faith. How often do we do that? Because if we've been programmed to think of public use of tongues, then the private becomes second place. But let's turn that whole thing around and we'll be a whole lot better for that. You see how your life can be enriched spiritually, beloved? 
You can be edified yourself, charged up as far as your spiritual condition is concerned, and now your faith can be affected by speaking with tongues or praying in the Holy Ghost. Let's look at another one in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 11 and 12. The enemy has all kinds of ways of coming against our lives. You know that as well as I do. If he can't get directly to you, I guarantee you he knows someone close to you who knows how to get at you. And he knows how to talk to him because he knows how to get to him or her. And through him or her, he will get to you. You may say, that's not fair. Well, he doesn't play fair. But you've stood strong in the Word of God and you've stood your ground and everything else. And he says, I can't penetrate that person's life. There he's going like a gangbuster. I know what I'll do. I'll send someone else across his path that'll really get his goat. I'll bring devastation in another way to him or her. Yes. He seems to really get upset when his boss puts him down. Hmm. I've noticed that when his girlfriend does this, he really gets upset. Or his wife, or her husband, or the kids, or whoever, or whatever. Well, beloved, we live in days of great turmoil and stress, and you know that. These are times of stress and turmoil and, and distractions and attacks. And I mean, without doubt, we understand that. Well, God has given us a means. And please do not misunderstand what I'm saying and, and don't run with something that I'm not meaning here. People are looking every way they possibly can in every direction, every avenue. For what purpose? To deal with stress and anxiety and worry and turmoil and perplexity. Trying to use every method or every means possible in advance. And yet, brother, I seemingly am not getting any success. Oh, it may help me for a while, but it just seems like this is too much. I can't handle the pressure anymore. I'm at the point I can't take it anymore. I'm going to cave in. I'm going to give up. Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak unto this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. Beloved, we need rest. We need refreshing. Jesus says, come unto me, ye that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. If you are burdened down with perplexities, anxieties, and worries, stress, and turmoil. And it seems like you just can't go on. Yes, there are certain ways and means in the world that we can turn to. But, beloved... Have we failed to realize or have we failed to recognize or have we failed to teach the people of God that God has a way of providing rest for the weary? But I thought tongues were for public use. You know, when you come together and musicians are playing and the praises are singing, all of a sudden there's a stop, just an opportunity for somebody to speak in tongues. Yes, that does happen, but that's not the only purpose of tongues. Do you ever find yourself in that state and all of a sudden you say, hmm, okay, Isaiah 28, 11 and 12, rest, refreshing. I think I'm going to do a little singing in the spirit here. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing in the spirit with other tongues, talk. And beloved, believe that as you do, God gives you rest. He removes the turmoil. Beloved, I believe that when a person sings in tongues and, and sings in the Spirit and really gets caught up privately, devotionally. We can do it publicly too. But privately, devotionally. Can you understand what I'm saying here? It dispels the darkness. Because the light and the darkness can't mix. I believe it drives out those hostile forces that war against our minds, 
that bring the, the, the pressure of anxiety and fretting and fear and worry and all that. Beloved, worship in the Spirit, believe me, is, is a tremendous force against the darkness that comes against our lives. It's a force of resistance. A tremendous force. And if we do it in the Spirit, how much better is it to bring rest to our souls, to our lives, to bring peace to our minds? Better than any tranquilizer. Did you get that? Oh, hallelujah. I mean that. But you see, use it that way. Tongues is purposed to help give me rest. And so, Lord, yeah, I'm anxious right now. So, Lord, I, I, I know right now I'm under a lot of pressure. But by faith, I believe that as I sing in tongues. Can you see that? I'm going to get refreshed. I'm going to have a new mental attitude when I'm done. Because your word says so. God has the remedy. But are we doing it is the key. So to give us spiritual rest and refreshing and enable us to regroup, so to speak, and collect our thoughts and walk in the power of the Spirit. Well, I've got a few more things to do, but we're not going to have a whole lot of time to do that. So let me just close with this last one, then we'll pick it up in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, because I've done this, but only in the, in the house of the learned, not in the house of the unlearned. 1 Corinthians 14, once again, in verse 17. Well, we'll start with verse 14, and, and this will be the last scriptural reference. I may not even quote another scripture. Beginning at verse 14, First uh, Corinthians 14. For if I pray in a tongue, an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. The purpose of tongues is to free our spirits to pray. You, do you see the private, here, private use of this? My spirit prays when I pray in tongues. Tongues is purposed to allow my spirit freedom to pray to God. Okay. But my understanding is unfruitful. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, what is it then? I'm not going to argue with God. I will pray with the Spirit. And I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks? Seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other, you can't get more personal or private than, the, than that, can you? The other's not edified. This is personal. He's saying that when you sit down, you ever try this around a bunch of believers? If they're learned, they don't understand. If they're unlearned, then they won't understand what you're doing. You're going to sit down and have a meal? Instead of saying, thank you, Father, for this food, start talking in tongues. And oh, that chicken, and the pizza, oh, mama mia, I mean, I mean, you know, in the spirit, you give us thanks well, but the poor fellow over there, he's not edified. Maybe he's nauseated. He can't eat. I can have more. You know? <laughs> no, but the point being is that you give thanks well. Father said, look at that. My son believes my word. For 17 years as a Christian, he's always giving, given thanks for his food in English. But tonight, he did it in tongues. He believes me. Do you understand this? Oh, but brother, tongues is not for praying over food. 
Why not? Thou givest thanks well. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.